the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you're living your life and you've never experienced lasting change, you don't know the Jesus of John 4. Because when you encounter him and he begins to work in your life, he does things that change you forever. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I want you to think about something before I move on to this next point. Jesus could have miraculously produced water for himself. This was not a beverage crisis. This was a spiritual crisis. This is Jesus. He made the Mississippi. He carved out the Nile River. And in fact, it's Jesus who made the oceans. Jesus in the Old Testament told Moses to speak to a rock so that water would come out. And in this first miracle, he turned water into wine. No. This was not a crisis like you and I face. Jesus understood this was something bigger. It was not about one man's drink. It was about one woman's destiny. And when you meet someone at their place of need and you connect like Jesus did, you have an opportunity to impact their destiny. Well, what do we do once we connect? Like Jesus, every one of us have the opportunity to comfort other people. So that's what Jesus began to do. Once they got a conversation going, he moved from his need, which was, can you get me a drink of water, to her real need, which was her, her thirst. Hey, if you knew who you're talking to, you could have answers that would solve all your problems. You could have living water that would quench your thirst. Do you believe that about God? That if you truly know Him, everything else is okay? Do you believe that He can meet your every need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus? Do you believe that all things are possible with God? Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? There's comfort in knowing that Jesus gives us things we cannot get anywhere else. And if you are a Christ follower, you've got to decide whether or not you really believe that. Because if you believe that, then you have an opportunity to comfort others with the comfort of the God of all comfort. That's the help. That's the hope that comes when we connect. And I would just say to you, some of you are walking through deep waters even now. You're in a difficult season of life. He knows your needs just as he knew the needs of that lady that day. So we connect, 
we comfort, but then I want you to see this. Like Jesus, each one of us have a responsibility to confront others. Now, this is where it gets kind of tough, right? If you like confrontation, you are just sick. I mean, nobody likes confrontation. I would rather go out in the parking lot and eat a bowl of gravel than to have a confrontation with someone. But Scripture says that sometimes confrontation is necessary. And sometimes confrontation can be freeing. Why? Because the Bible says the truth sets us free. So you have this strange confrontation. She's ready to have the living water. She's ready to be comforted. But Jesus says, okay, go get your husband. Because he already knew the answer. The answer was... This woman did not need any kind of water like she thought. She needed a God who would meet her needs. You you see, when we don't let God meet our needs, we try and have those needs met in all kinds of ways. So some of you, you're doing that, right? Some of you are, you have a problem with alcohol because you're self-medicating or or pills or drugs that you're taking because you're self-medicating, trying to meet those needs. Some of you are involved in illicit relationships because you're thinking, I I can meet my needs in that way. Some of you are viewing things or you're doing things that are not honoring to God because you just think, I can't help myself. I, I have these needs that need to be met. And you see, Jesus understood that your needs are never going to be met that way. You can have five husbands and you can be with another man and and still be lonely, still be thirsty, and still not have what you need. So Jesus helped us understand something. You can't experience the power of the gospel without acknowledging the presence of sin. That's why in church we have to talk about sin. I want you to understand something. We'll always do that in this place because we believe the scriptures. Sin separates us from God. Sin is going to keep us from God's best in our life. And if undealt with, sin will eventually lead us into a Christless eternity in a place called hell. It's never fun talking about sin, but it is necessary. Because we can't experience God's power until we deal with sin's presence. In the next service, we're going to watch a little child be baptized. And when any child comes and talks about their relationship with God, the main thing that we make sure they understand is the presence of sin. Because if you don't understand sin, you you can't know the power of the gospel. I had a difficult situation just a few weeks ago. I had a conversation with two lovely ladies. and They had been to an event at our church, and they, they shared how they loved our church, and, and they were looking for a church. But then they said, but, but pastor, we're a couple. Would we be accepted here? And so I had the opportunity to look at them and say, Absolutely, you would be accepted by me. You would be loved by me. And I would pray that you would feel that by everyone in our church. But know this. If you come to our church, we 
we talk about sin and and I believe what you're describing as a lifestyle is sinful and and that sin has to be addressed because that sin keeps us from God's best and while your sin may may not be different from other sins that we talk about in church yeah we we would address this church I I want you to understand that if you are going to be one who helps other people understand what they need to know, the best news ever, then you have to become comfortable dealing with sin. But I think we're not comfortable because often we've not dealt with that in our lives, right? That's why people look at us and call us hypocrites. Because they know that we've got our secret sins. We're seeking to have our thirst quenched in places that will never quench them. So we have to let our great physician do surgery in our soul and cut out the cancer of sin. Maybe today that's where you are. And I've got good news for you. If you're a Christ follower, the Bible says if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you're not a Christ follower. I'm going to make sure you know in the next few minutes. How to receive God's forgiveness of all of your sin. And begin a relationship with him. That is based on grace. So we've got all these truths. We have the ability to connect with others. We've got the ability to comfort others. We've got the ability even and responsibility to confront others. But know this. Only Jesus has the power to change others. It's not your responsibility to change another human being. Isn't that freeing? Now, I know a lot of you don't talk back in the service, although that fuels the pastor on. I would just say that's an easy amen point. It's not your responsibility to change somebody else. That should be like... A deep breath of fresh air. Even your children. Certainly not your spouse. (laughs) And not those people you don't know. You're not responsible for another person's conversion. But you are responsible for your conversations. And your conversations are what help introduce people to the life-changing power of Jesus. So Jesus, in this conversation, gets her to the point where she finally recognizes she needs a Messiah. And Jesus simply says, I'm that guy. I'm the man you've been looking for. We're not going to shack up, but I'm going to save you. He was her everything. You see, when you connect with people and you let them know they can find comfort with God, when they begin to confront their sinfulness, the Holy Spirit of God begins to work in their life, drawing them to Jesus, and they experience life change. That's what it means to be a Christian. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? 
it would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Interesting thing took place here. There's always a temptation to turn gospel conversations into religious conversations. So uh, you might begin talking to someone and they say, well, now tell me what, what kind of church you go. It's not one of those Baptist churches. I mean, or, or they'll talk about something they saw in the news. Well, did you hear about that preacher? There's always a temptation to turn a gospel conversation into a religious conversation. But those are two different things. She tried to do that. Oh, whoa, 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 you're, you're, you're the Messiah. What about, um, what about how the Jews ver- worship versus the way the Samaritan? No, 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 we're not, we're not going to deal with that woman. Let's get back to the gospel. Let's get back to the truth. Well, while we don't have it explicitly, the assumption is here that she began to follow Jesus. Because she dropped the water pot that she had brought to the well, and she went to town. And you know what she did in town? (laughs) She told other people about Jesus. Why would she do that? That's the natural thing to do. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you know that for certain, and yet you've never told another person about Jesus, you're not following him the natural way. Think about what it might have been like in that town. Do you think the other people knew that she had had five husbands and the man she was shacking up with now was not her husband? This means yes. I think she had a reputation. I really do. In fact, I think probably they're like, well, good night. If you met the Messiah, praise the Lord because you definitely need him. I mean, (laughs) that's the way church people act anyway, isn't it? Somebody finally walks into a church and he's like, good Lord, the windows are going to cave in. I mean, glad you're here. Terrible. Well, She says, I've met the one who's told me everything I've ever done. And what did they do? They run to where Jesus is. Hey, please don't miss this. If you're truly transformed by Jesus, the people in your little corner of the world will want to see Jesus in you. If the people in your little corner of the world are never talking to you about the things of God. Then this is a good day to ask, why is that? What's going on? Because when Jesus changes us, we become contagious. (laughs) We understand that word now, don't we? We don't want to be contagious. So for a long time, we've worn masks, and some of you wore these Darth Vader shields. And uh, I'm just telling you, I just spoke to someone. This is the first time in a year we've been to church. I mean, we don't want to be contagious. So we've done all these things to not catch the virus and not give others the virus. Well, it seems like a lot of people live out their faith that way. In fact, 
I think maybe there's a lot of people who hang out in church that have been vaccinated. But, but not with the coronavirus vaccine. You see, what a vaccine does is it gives you just a little bit of the real thing. You know that, right? That's why some of us got real sick after those shots. But it gives you a little bit of the real thing so that you don't catch what? The real thing. And I feel like maybe there's some of us, we've come to church and we've got a long list of, of, of words behind our spiritual journey. We've been Baptist or Catholic or Methodist or Lutheran or Episcopal or Assembly of God, Presbyterian, non-denominational. Or we've been through all kinds of events. We've raised our hand. We've walked an aisle. We've been dipped in water. We've been dunked. Uh, we, we've, we've been baptized. We went to catechism. We've gone to first communion. All those things and we think we're okay. But truthfully, we've never been changed and we've never become contagious because we just got enough that's kept us from getting the real thing. Because when we get the real thing, man, we're contagious. Because when we get the real thing, we're driven to want to save others. We really are. We recognize these people are going to die without Jesus if we don't do something about it. Why don't we live that way, church? That's the natural way. Just like these people in this video did the natural thing in response to hearing that someone was about to drown. Watch this. Nine people trapped by a dangerous riptide in the Gulf of Mexico. So the reality is, is you, you had this little girl who had, had gotten far away from mom. Mom got out there and another lady came out to help. But that other lady, she couldn't get back. And she began to cry out, help! And these people, just people at the beach, not her family, not her friends, just people who saw someone in need, they formed a human chain to bring her home. That's the kind of urgency you and I need. That's what it looks like when we become contagious. That's why I say when we live like Jesus, just us, ordinary people, just beachgoers, just people who happen to be there at that moment, we can turn everyday conversations, not something that we went to seminary to get trained to do, but everyday conversations, we can turn them into gospel opportunities because we want people to know that we have a God who can meet their every single need. That's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. So I want to give you a tool to help you do that. Now, every one of you in your seat today, you've got one of these little booklets. It's called Life, Three Circles, Life Conversation Guide. So that's yours as a gift to take with you. You can take that as a gift and, and you can use this to apply what we're talking about. But you don't need this booklet. You could also go on your phone, the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, and you can download an app. It's by the same name. You can download this app, and it would allow you, as you see there, Life on Mission, just to walk through this. And you could pick out your smartphone, and you could walk anybody through these three circles anytime. You could also just take a, a little napkin if you're at a restaurant. 
And you can begin a conversation just by drawing these three circles on a napkin. Let, let me tell you what those circles represent. That first circle, it reminds us that God has a design for all of our lives. God has a design, and his design is that we live in relationship with him. God created us for fellowship and for worship. But we have a problem. Our sin separates us from God's design. And when we sin, we miss out on God's best. We don't experience all that he wants us to experience. And all of us sin, the Bible says. The sin are those things we do that God says don't do, and it's those things we don't do that God says do. We're all sinners. And you know what that sin does? It breaks us. We live in a state of brokenness. Sin always leads to brokenness. Why do we have broken homes, broken marriages, broken lives? It's all back to sin. That's what sin does. It did it from the beginning. It, it broke Adam and Eve's original relationship with God. And that's a problem. Here's the good news. Everybody you meet understands brokenness. Do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to respond. If you've gone through some kind of brokenness in your life, raise your hand. It's everybody here. Because if you live long enough, you realize what it's like to go through pain. Maybe your parents went through a divorce when, when you were a child. Or maybe someone you love passed away prematurely. Or, or someone was injured in a tragic car accident. And we understand the brokenness of this world. We've seen our friends and family struggle with drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And all these things that keep them from God's best. But God's desire is not that you stay in brokenness. In fact, God's desire... That third circle, his design is through the gospel. It's the good news. Say good news. God wants you to have good news. But the way you experience that is just like that woman at the well. The way you experience that is by repenting and believing in who Jesus is. You believe that Jesus is the one that can comfort you. He can quench your thirst. He can meet your needs. He can save you. And when you experience that, you begin a journey. That's the Christ life. And you know what that journey does? It leads you to recover from the brokenness and pursue God's design. That's simple, guys. All of you are now equipped to use those three little circles on the back of a napkin and that little booklet through your smartphone, however you want to use it. To communicate that God has a plan, a design for everyone's life. Sin breaks that. That's what makes us be broken. But when we repent and believe in Jesus, the gospel, the good news changes us. And that puts on, us on a path to recover from that brokenness and to live a life pursuing God. I, I want you today to make a commitment. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to commit to asking God to give you an opportunity to use this over the next week. You've got this tool. I've told you how to download the app. I've showed you how you can draw on a napkin. This is easy. All I'm asking you to do is say, God, 
would you make my path go through where you want me to go through to give me a divine opportunity for your glory? In a minute, I'm going to ask you who are Christ followers to express in a simple way that you'll commit to doing that. But some of you are here and you're in a state of brokenness. You're like the woman at the well. You're thirsting, but you're failing to have your thirst quenched because you don't know the one who can help you. If you only knew, (laughs) Jesus said, if you only knew, here's the good news. Today you know. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, Jesus is enough. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.